Welcome to the Kickstart Garage, where we want to inspire and educate the leaders of tomorrow. Join us as we learn from the best in the business. Welcome to the Kickstart Garage. I'm your host, Sam John Byrne, and I'm accompanied by my co-host, Gavin Quigley. On today's show, we thought we'd invite a competitor on, Mr. Gary Fox, host of the Entrepreneur Experiment podcast and founder of Host Butlers. The Entrepreneur Experiment podcast is a weekly business podcast that shares the journeys, insights, and business lessons from Ireland's most interesting entrepreneurs. So if you can't find content here, you're definitely going to find it there. Welcome to the show, Gary. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much, lads. You've saved me having to do the plug later, so that's brilliant. <laughs> the tables have turned. You're in the hot seat now. How does it feel? It feels great. I was just saying to you there, like it's lovely to come on and just just be able to chat, just to relax and have a chat. It's 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 great. I'm delighted to see you lads do it as well. See new people kind of coming on the scene, and I think the more podcasts we have in Ireland, the better. It's still so new. Um, even when I started, there was only a few biggies. There was no one kind of like that I could kind of point at and go, oh. I see where he grew. So it's great to see people like yourselves coming on. And I think the more there is, the better. So it's great. Yeah, we appreciate it. And like the more competition as well, the, the listener benefits at the end, you know, so it's it's, it's good in that regard. Um, as always, before we begin the show, um, we want to know a little bit about our guests. So Gary, can you tell our audience a bit about yourself? <laughs> where, where will we start? Um, yeah, I do the podcast. I do the Entrepreneur Experiment podcast every week, twice a week now during COVID, because why not? Um, I also run a business called Host Butlers, which is an Airbnb management company here in Dublin. I've been running that in five, nearly six years now. Um, that's basically a, a management facility for landlords who want to do Airbnb. Um, we do the full kind of full service package for them. So we've been doing that pretty successfully now for nearly six years. And before that, I had many, many, many jobs like all entrepreneurs. I've done a little bit of everything. Good stuff, good stuff, Gary. We we tried to do as much of a, a background check as we could on you. Looked a bit at, at your LinkedIn, and of course, we're both huge fans of the podcast. I'm pretty sure I've I've listened to to every episode now. Um, so let's go, I suppose, back to to the very start of the entrepreneurial journey. Now, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, I understand you did uh, an MSc in electronic commerce in DCU. So that was before jumping into your, your most recent uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, and you've, you've done a bit of lecturing as well. So I, I wanted to ask you, I suppose, for some of the, the younger listeners going through the, the college cycle, what prompted you to do a master's as opposed to working right away? And do you think that added education has served you well in your career thus far? That's a great question. Coming out with the big ones at the start. Um, I actually, uh, believe it or not, that was my second master's. I've done more time in college than most doctors. So <laughs> I've gone on a very circuitous route to it. Um, that was my second master's. And why I did that one was I felt I just didn't have the skills in the digital arena that I wanted. I wanted, like I could see it coming. I'd worked in media. I'd worked in property. I'd kind of worked in a lot of different industries and they were all still especially media. I, I, I worked in media when it was pre-digital. I'm going to show my age now. It was digital was just coming in as this new thing. Oh my God, there's news on websites now. And they couldn't get their head around it. And I was like, oh my God, this industry is on its knees. And I really wanted to be able to go, well, I know exactly what to do here. I know the skills. I know, like I, I was digitally savvy. I knew, you know, I'd, I'd grown up ish with the internet so I was digitally savvy but I just wanted a formal 
a lot had changed in the last five years, especially digitally. And I wanted to go back and I'd heard incredible things about the e-commerce masters in DCU and have to say it was superb. I've had a lot of experiences with colleges, both as a student and a lecturer, and I really couldn't recommend it enough. It was superb. So that's kind of why I went back. I just wanted, I wanted just to immerse myself for 12 months and, and just really get a deep understanding of the whole space. Yeah, you're you're dead right there. I suppose with regards to you know digitalization of business, I've worked in digital marketing now for a digital marketing agency for the last few months, and you do realize I I thought yeah I'm I'm really techie. I understand this. I'll learn everything nice and quickly, and I'll I'll fly it. But there is there is a steep learning curve. I've I've learned probably more in the last few months about the e-commerce side of things, integrations with websites, plugins, and all that kind of stuff. So I think. There always is a lot more to learn, but um, no, it's a good uh, it's a good insight you've given us there. I think a lot of people are in that position now where they're kind of torn between going and doing that extra education. But um, something that I've noticed as well, Gary, this is from mainly following your your Twitter account more than anything. It seems that you always seem to make an effort to support Irish businesses. And it seems to be a, a common theme with our, our guests as we had uh, Sean Bryan. I'm not sure if you, if you know Sean. He's the founder of Cut and Sew. Um, we, he recently preached the same kind of thing. And it's really, really refreshing to see specifically at the moment, given how Irish businesses are being affected by uh, the restrictions. Do you want to tell us a bit about why you're, you're passionate about supporting local and are there any Irish businesses you've used recently that you'd like to recommend? Yeah, um, I'm glad that that comes across, actually, because you don't want to be preaching either. Like, I think social media is, is full of people who are just like preaching one thing and doing another. Um, so I try to kind of live through that. And if I support an Irish business, I just, you know, link them out or whatever. I don't really have that much of a reach, but I try with the podcast to try give people a platform because where it comes from is is purely from my own my own business. I know how hard it is. And I think that's why the podcast works is because I've been in the majority of the situations that every these entrepreneurs have been. I've been very high. I've been very low. I've been bust. I've been flush, you know, so I've kind of been through it all. And I know it's even the smallest things can, can change your week and can change your day. And even just getting like one order in after you've had an absolutely rubbish day, it can change everything or getting that, you know, even just a positive email or a positive message, it, it changes a lot and it's, it's little things like that, especially now, obviously, you know, the times are in now, it's, it's, it's even tougher, but I, that's just why I do it to be honest, because I know exactly how it feels. <laughs> I know it, how it feels when things are going poorly and I know it can take off in just a little, little thing that can often be a massive thing that can become a, a domino effect for businesses that suddenly just puts them on the right path. It can be just suddenly things just start to look a little bit brighter. So that's kind of why, and I, look, I think why not? Do you know what I mean? You, you know, these are the people you, you go to school with. These are the people that are in your industry, that are in your community that you went to college with. And, and it's just, you may as well support them. Like, I mean, there's, it's very different to how it was 10 years ago. Now there's Irish brands doing absolutely amazing things. Like look at Jim and coffee. Like I hold them up as a, a barometer of what can be done in Ireland because those guys are on the way up. Like they are going to go global. There's absolutely no doubt about that like the quality of their stuff, just how they market, just everything is just so bang on. I can see them being the next Gymshark. So th that's an example that just pops immediately to, head, to my head. Yeah, fair play to you, Gary. I mean, it is important um, to, to kind of support our own as well in that regard. I'm sure 
every kind of citizen in their own country is doing the same with the with their own local businesses and um, but as gavin said there we, we did a bit of background research into you and um, so correct me if i'm wrong but if my linkedin stalking serves me right it appears to be that video scamp was one of your first entrepreneurial endeavors unless you had any kind of lemonade stands you were hiding in the background but um i sure did i had a lot of stuff before video scamp if video scamp was my first it, w- it would have been a bad experience it would have been a bad start. <laughs> I, I doubt i'd be sitting here with you two lads today and you want to be hearing my story <laughs> okay yeah, I, I had a ton i had an absolute ton all right well we'll we'll, we'll use a uh, video scamp as a case study anyway it was listed as top 20 startups to look out for in 2013 by the sunday business post if i'm correct in saying that so for our audience that are unaware of video scamp could you tell us a bit about that journey that actually came through the masters in DCU um, as part of the masters. That's why I love the masters. Actually, it was so practical. Everything is. I find. I think the the issue with. I'm a big fan of of education, but I think the massive issue is so much of it is based in theory. So much of it is based in. Oh well, we read it in this book and the blah 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 blah. Whereas with DCU, it's it's highly practical. So as part of the the masters, you get the the chance to put together a business idea and a business proposal. And out of that, we actually secured $20,000 euros funding and a place on the NDRC accelerator program, um, even before we finished the masters. So that was where it was born. It was born with three friends of mine in the masters and we took that into NDRC and then spent the next 18 months to two years trying to build that out. And you've touched on something there and I was, I was only laughing about it with someone during the week. Um, just believing your own hype and just being aware of, of, of where you are really in the world. Like we were listed as, you know, hot startup to watch. And literally we were in the death throes at that stage. We were on, on, on the way out almost, do you know what I mean? So like I always say to people, look, enjoy stuff like that. Use it as an example to your customers that, you know, we are out there and we are doing stuff, but just never believe your own bullshit. Always be aware of, sales are the only real metric that's going to matter in any business. And it grounded me so well for everything I've done since, because I never get carried away with hype or, or distractions. Now it's always about, right. Did you make 3000 this month? And did you spend 1000? It's always about, for me, it's always rooted in the very basics because that was a tech startup. It was video content for e-commerce stores. So it was a collation marketplace for video content, which was a good idea at the time, probably even if you launched it now, would it still be probably a little bit too early? But like we met every cliched startup mistake in the book. We did everything wrong, to be honest. Um, and we went through the accelerator program probably far too early. And um, we went in, didn't have a developed enough product, spent a lot of our time in there chasing the wrong ideas, chasing the wrong metrics you know a lot of it was based on presenting and, and raising further funding instead of you know going out and developing the ugliest mvp you can and getting one customer and then getting a second one and then getting a third one and then worrying about all the other stuff that comes behind it yeah one thing you mentioned there that i kind of want to jump back to is the don't believe your own hype and i relate to that so much i kind of when i was in college i came up with an idea for this uh, treasure hunting app or whatever and I just thought it was going to be the easiest sale and business idea. And I was going to take it to Coke. I had my ways in and it was only till I sat down with um, some dude from Accenture. I, I met him for a coffee and I told him about the idea and how I was going to do it. And he's like, you have no hope. You know, he just laid down the reality of it. And it's like Gary Vee always says, you know, the market doesn't give a shit, you know, focus on the reality of your situation and um, not what it could be. But um, so what principles or lessons did you learn from starting Video Scamp? 
that you felt benefited you for future business endeavors? Well, when I went off and licked my wounds for a year or two, I just was adamant that the next business I started would succeed or fail based on my own efforts. It wouldn't be reliant on other people. It wouldn't be reliant on funding. I wouldn't be getting stuff built off site and trying to bring it back on site. Everything would fall or fly with me at the wheel in terms of my effort would equal the success or failure of it. I just didn't want my future left in other people's hands again. And I bootstrapped everything from day one with host butlers and started it with basically I've written articles on this and I've talked about it on other podcasts, but 500 quid, I think the whole thing cost me to start. Um, and I never took any money, never took any loans, never had large debtors. Everything was always done on hard graft and just done on hours in and just effort and output and sales, 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 sell, make sales, keep such a strict eye on costs. Don't be tight. Don't cut corners. Don't, don't be mean, but know exactly where the money is going. And I think when you start as a one person business, it gives you an unbelievable grounding in knowing every single corner and every single nook and cranny of your business that you don't lose control as we can talk about this later in terms of coming up to COVID now, it, like, I would be in a incredibly hard spot if I hadn't, if I'd over leveraged myself, people are always like, Oh, you know, launch 10 of them, you know, just, just launch them in every city in Ireland. And I oh, just, you'd come down to Killarney, you you do great money here and, you know, go to the UK and do this, that, and the other. Like if I had over leveraged and, and followed that kind of tech startup route, we'll call it, and you know, oh, let's get, let's get money in and let's scale this thing fast. I'd, I'd be, I'd be in the depths of depression today because I'd be so over leveraged. I, I'd be liable to so many people and so many stakeholders where building something up yourself, it will take you much longer, but it's so much sweeter and you have so much more control because if you're a hard grafter, you'll know exactly what you need to do and you'll, the satisfaction of finishing week and you'll work crazy hours. I worked ridiculous hours, like, you know, made a lot of mistakes at the start, waited too, too, too long to hire someone. But I was just, it was based on that principle of keep it super tight. Don't be over-reliant on people and just actually figure out if you've got a product here before you start blowing your own trumpet and start running away with yourself. Because I think with social media now and with kind of like, there's a lot of fake projection. There's a lot of stuff that's based on smoke and mirrors. And I, that's why I'm so careful with who comes on the podcast, because I want them to, to be rooted in that principle. And I can safely say 99.99% of them are in that principle of actually it's real business. You know, they're making sales. <laughs> they, they have, they have clients, they have customers, whereas there's a lot of businesses floating around now that are just great Instagram accounts. That was a fantastic answer. And you've, you've touched on so many different things there, Gary, namely, I suppose that, you know, failure is necessary. You need to make mistakes to achieve learning objectives. And we're going to touch on a couple of those things later on. We do have some, some good questions for you and, and we can revisit some of those things. Um, and I want to just say, it's great to get an insight into what your journey is like, because you've got a lot of people that listen to you interviewing these fantastic entrepreneurs, business people in Ireland, but your journey is quite interesting as well. So it'd be good to see some content around uh, around your journey and around host pullers on, uh, on your channel. Um, I wanted to touch on something, I suppose, just while we're 
you know, touching on on video scamp and uh, the idea of, of marketing and things like that. I, I've been working, like I alluded to, in digital marketing in that space for several months now. And I'm becoming more and more concrete of the opinion that video is the most effective way for businesses to communicate with their audience. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you think are the most effective tools for businesses and, and entrepreneurs today to effectively target their audience in, in 2021? Mm, it's a super question. Someone text me <laughs> that question today. So it's quite, it's quite apt that I get it twice in one day. You've touched on it there. To be honest, a large focus for me this year is video. It's YouTube. I think that is an unbelievable platform. I absolutely adore it. I watch it every single day for possibly not well longer than I should, probably an hour. I don't watch TV anymore. I watch football, I watch sport on TV, and that's it. Um, everything else is YouTube and obviously Netflix and stuff like that. But I think video, and he he asked me specifically, oh, what, what, what skills should I learn in the next year? And I said content and storytelling and specifically video in that medium, because I think you're, you're, you're spot on. What you've said there is exactly right. Um, and it's also the hardest medium, I think. I love voice. I think it's such a good, I love doing podcasts. I absolutely love it. Like this to me is, is such fun. Just sitting down and chatting with you guys. It's so, such fun. And it's very relaxed. Um, video is so immersive, but it's also very tricky. I've been trying to upskill myself in the last couple of months in video and video editing and YouTube and the whole creative process. And it's, it's much tougher. Yeah, without a doubt. That's why we went to audio only. We're we're pretty lazy in that regard. We we haven't got time for that. <laughs> but um yeah, no, it's definitely it's 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 critical, I'd say, for uh businesses going forward. But uh, what do you think of the saturation? Like say like if you look at YouTube, it's such an established platform. Um like there's so many people on it. I mean, how do you stand out? How do you get discovered even through like um say if you want to go down that route? Yeah, I I, I think a lot of people said that to me in the last year. Oh, you know, I'd love to start a podcast, but you, you were there early. And I was like, I'm only here like a year and a half. Like, de define early. Like, you know, it's like anything. It's, it's like, you know, there's always someone ahead of you. There's always someone that's been there before you and done something else. But like, that's like saying to someone 40 years ago, oh, yeah, no point starting a TV show now. They've all been met. You know, it's the same with companies you know oh no point starting a company sure everything's been invented it's like that famous phrase from years back saying oh everything under the sun has been discovered like and this sounds so cliche so warning um the, there's 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 only one sam and one gavin do you know what i mean and there's only one way you look at things and and, and that's the beauty of it you two guys are unique i'm unique in what i think even if we we're both doing business podcasts completely different you know, no two people are the same. And I think that's the same on YouTube. Like I watch loads of different people. I'm constantly discovering new people and because it's their story. And that's, you asked me there, what's, what's my tip, I suppose, for, for 2021. And it's storytelling. It's every business should be the master of their own story. Because if you don't tell your story, someone else will. And that's, that's the real difference is in why should you start? Because if you don't, then let's say you do get a bit of coverage in the press. Well, then someone else is telling your version, their version of your story. So I think if you control the story and if every business should be rooted in creating content and creating media around their own story, because hopefully in two, three years, four years time, they're looking back at that content and you can trace the trajectory and you can look at it and see, look, this is what they were doing. And if you look at any great brands coming up now, a lot of them are rooted in story. You know, if you look at Gymshark, masters of storytelling, masters of it. 
Um, if you look at Apple, that's a very cliched example. But if you look at Gymshark, that's a great example. You know, modern young company, you know, the founder has a YouTube channel, releases a, a video every week about the in, intricate looking inside the business, how they run things, how their factories work, how their logistics work. That's the future. The future is transparency and storytelling through it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And actually, just another example for our audience, um, it just kind of popped into my head there because me and Gav were talking before you kind of logged on, um, was about the whole what's going on in the stock market at the moment with GameStop and um, AMC and all that. And there's actually a, a guy that I've seen from a Wall Street Journalist post. His, his YouTube channel is Roaring Kitties, and I've been watching his videos all this week on his analysis of GameStop, which he called eight months ago back when Bert, Michael Burry got into it. And they're like three hours long, but like his videos were getting 200 views back then, 300 views. Now he's up to like 40,000 subscribers. You know, it's just being in the right place at the right time, but putting in the work first, you know? Precisely. You've nailed it. Consistency, putting in the work, not going to come quick. Like anything, no business is built overnight. It's the same with content. No content is going to, everyone just thinks that. I think in YouTube is skewed, Instagram, YouTube has skewed our thoughts on how things should work. Um, and it's, it's only by just time just putting in the hours like that guy as you said niche six months ago now he's a, not a superstar but now he's a superstar in that industry yeah absolutely and it's it's like if you're doing what you enjoy like i'm sure he wasn't doing it to like try and like get traffic he was just doing it for the fun of it you know so i think a lot of people should not focus on getting discovered but just you know have fun doing what you're doing um but just on those kind of doubtful thoughts as well that people might have before going into it so one thing that terrifies a lot of entrepreneurs is taking risk you know giving up a social life stable income and everything else in pursuit of starting your own thing and those thoughts can be extremely fearful and overwhelming to so many and it's easy to see why you know we're we're, we're guided from the moment we start school which creates a sense of comfort throughout our lives there's consistently people telling us what we should do what's right and wrong etc so anything that's unknown, uh, we almost instantly pull back from and seek guidance in. Um, and doing your own thing is the complete unknown. And, you know, there's very little guidance to rely on. So what advice could you offer to budding entrepreneurs that are battling these thoughts to help them get their idea off the ground? It's a great question. I always ask it as well, because it's, 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 it's the choke point that, that kills, not starting kills more businesses than anything. I think that's, that's the biggest thing is that. I'm sure you guys get it as well. Like the amount of people that tell me, oh, I've, I have a great idea for this app. I'm like, oh, cool. Have you done it? No. You know, it's just, there, there's no way you, you just have to start. Like that's, that's the secret. Like I've asked, what are we on? Ep we're nearly on, we're in episode hundred tomorrow. So I've spoken to what over a hundred entrepreneurs and I asked them about every single one, that question, there, there's no magic bullet. Like you just have to start. That's it. Like, there is a couple of ways and, and you can deleverage the risk. And what I mean by that is just be smart about it in terms of, I always work out three different scenarios, best case, medium case, worst case. And if I can survive the worst case, well, then that removes the fear. It's the fear of the unknown. It's like anything. It's like when you're, before you go to the dentist or, you know, you've got to meet the bank or whatever it is. The fear is always 50 times worse than when you actually go in, sit down in front of them, and actually have that chat or do the appointment or whatever it is, that fear will never be as bad as the actual situation you find yourself in. Because if you've done your homework and there's a lot of external variabilities in terms of, right, your idea has to be half decent, but you have to execute it well. And that's the difference. Um, most people don't execute well. Everyone's got an okay idea. I'd rather if an entrepreneur came to me with an okay idea, but I knew there were super executors, I'd 
back them 100 times as opposed to someone who came in with like the next killer idea, but they're a bit wishy-washy. They're a bit flaky. Um, if you can know that you're going to put in the graft, if you can be honest with yourself, and I think that's the key as well, is be honest with yourself and go, is it really what you want to do? Like people have this thing about entrepreneurs has been like, oh, you have so much freedom. You have way less freedom. <laughs> you have 100% less freedom than a nine to fiver. You, you have 100% less freedom because it will consume you especially for the first couple of years, it will consume you. And then if you know, you'll, you'll, you'll find coping strategies and hopefully you'll find great people to work with you who'll help you, but, um, it will consume you. So I think just being honest with yourself, number one, that's, is this really what you want? Does this, does this burn inside you? Do you really want this? Like, is this, is this your goal? Would you do this for free? That's the best question is to ask, would you do this for free? Could you do this for the next two years for free? Because chances are you might, you might have to do it. I wouldn't recommend it, but you might have to do it. So just work out your risks, work out your risk tolerance as well. Some people just aren't suited to be entrepreneurs and that's absolutely fine, but don't force yourself. Like I could never go back to a nine to five. So equally, some people should never become entrepreneurs because it just wouldn't suit them, wouldn't suit their personality, wouldn't suit their lifestyle. So be honest with yourself and know the risks. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's I think I remember hearing it on Shark Tank or something before. It's like an entrepreneur is the only person that will put in a hundred hours in order to avoid working thirty five hours. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a it's a weird paradox. But um, and and also another thing, another quote that I kind of just want to throw out there as well is that uh, I think it's by Robert Kiyosaki that uh they say like nine out of ten businesses fail. So the solution to that is to start ten businesses. You know, it only takes one, uh, one to work and roll with it. You know. Um, so following uh, Video Scamp, you spent a bit of time back in traditional employment as a brand consultant at AdRoll, um, if the timeline's right, according to your LinkedIn, and uh, a marketing uh, lecturer at Dublin Business School. And it was actually one of your past pupils that actually recommended you as a great person to get on the show, uh, our friend Sinead O'Keefe. Um, okay, yeah, very so good. Shout out to Sinead there. But um, um, after jumping from self-employed to employed, um, you jump back then into self-employed then starting host butlers uh, which you still run today um what was it what was it that couldn't keep you away from the self-employed life um could you talk to us a bit about that time frame there yeah i i needed money <laughs> i became a wage slave to earn 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 money like we were broke after video scamp like we had just burned two years of our lives and money a lot of money went into it um and I just was also a bit burnt out by it. I was just like, you know what? Might be the worst scenario in the world to go back, recalibrate, um, and relearn as well. Like, you know, working with a big company, they were quite a big US company at the time. You pick up a lot of lessons and you pick up exactly what you don't want to do and what you do want to do. I learned great sales principles that I still work with today. Like, you know, just, just good, good hygiene. I work with some unbelievable people, which became incredible friends of mine which are to this day um but why i went back was money i knew i couldn't i couldn't start a number another business again for a couple of reasons right number one money i didn't i just mentally didn't have the the bandwidth to go okay i'll just bootstrap a business and i'll do it like this i was just a bit burnt out from it um so I, those two reasons like the money and just been mentally burnt out i went back in earned a bit of cash, earned good money for a couple of years, 18 months to two years, but I was literally only biding my time. I kind of, after about six months in, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I need to get back out again. I was always doing other stuff. I was always kind of like, I'd worked at as a photojournalist for like years 
and I, I was starting to dabble back in that again because I just couldn't beat the bug of just earning your own money. And just even when I was working with Adderall, I was doing like little nixers here and there for bits, bit of photo stuff, a bit of digital stuff, a bit of buying and selling. Just, I just had that in me, I think. And I always wanted to have my own business again. I knew I would. It was only a matter of time. And I was just, I was spending every hour of every day just thinking about it, just going, right, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? You know, you know, I'd go on holidays and I just, I'd spend the time just writing down ideas every day, going, right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So it was only a matter of time. But again, it was a good time. You take stuff. I always, I always try to take the positive out of every single situation, learn a huge amount, give me an opportunity to just kind of, recalibrate and then go again. I think if I'd went back into another business straight after the other one, not sure how great that would have been. So I was actually, I mean, to tell you, um, I, I took a bit of time to actually read a couple of your Medium articles. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure if you're still writing them at the moment, but um, one that I was really a big fan of was the massive, um, or sorry, um, as a massive Grand Theft Auto fan, I really enjoyed five ways to make, uh, um, five ways GTA 5 made me a smarter entrepreneur. Um, that one gave me a really good laugh and it's very true all the same when I was reading it. I was like nodding away I was like yeah he's, he's making some good points there <laughs> um, uh, one that I would like to talk about uh, you with is it, it's it, it's a different article now it's uh, 10 ways in which I fucked up my startup and how I fixed them um, could you talk to us a bit about the mistakes you've made starting various business ventures and did you and and the principles you developed from making these mistakes to mitigate future ones it's a super question. God, you're coming out with all the big hitters today. Um, oh, the 10 mistakes. There was a lot. My God. Um, it's funny. Yeah, that one kind of crops up quite a bit. Like people do kind of reference back to that. Um, I'm just trying to think back now. What, did the, what were the biggest ones? Let me just have a quick think back. Um, so, I mean, just, unless you run to you, you take it personally. Yeah, that's that's that was number one. You take it personally. Um, yeah, you get emotionally wrapped up in your business. Your business is you. I am my business. We are the, you know, if someone says something bad about your business, you're mortally wounded, you know, especially I think after video scamp, when it didn't work, I just felt personally very low because I was so emotionally invested in my identity because when you're in an accelerator program, you get a lot of press and you get a lot of media and you get a lot of opportunities to speak to people. Um, and I just kind of thought, oh God, I failed. The business has failed. I failed, you know, and you're just like, oh God, it just, it was a real stinger. So with, with host bowlers, I, I tried to keep it, I won't say professional, but I tried to have some level of separation between me and my identity as a person. And in fact, that's actually a large part of the reason why I did the podcast as well is because I was so consumed. I was identified as Gary, Hostballers, Airbnb, there was, because we got a lot of media on the way up as well with Hostballers. And then when the media kind of narrative changed around Airbnb, I was just getting bombarded with these calls about, oh, Airbnb is terrible. Will you comment? And I was like, no, no, I definitely won't comment. Like it just, there's no way of coming out of that. So you become so intertwined with your business and like you have to be to an extent, but it gets to a point whereby if you're, you know, a bad day in the business just ruins your whole week. You know, you can't have that just for your mental health as well. The, the more I kind of got older and I kind of worked on myself and, and my mental health, you kind of have to have these barriers of separation whereby you need to be able to switch off. And there's this kind of cliched, you know, hard charging 24 seven entrepreneur. And that crap is, is, is going out the window because you're more likely to burn out and probably become homeless than you are to become a billionaire because you just 
burn yourself out. You burn all your relationships and you just physically burn out. Um, so that's definitely one of the biggest mistakes. Um, and pe people think it's easy. I think that's, that's, I think I went into certain businesses. You kind of forget how hard it is. Even when I went back to do hostballers, I forgot how difficult it is. Like genuinely was doing 16 hour days, 17 hour days, you know, doing everything like literally cleaning toilets, um, sweeping floors, you know, dragging my arse around Dublin at 1am in the morning to check people in because their flight had been delayed. And, you know, you do all that and you kind of forget, I suppose it's like, you know, your, your body forces you to forget, otherwise you'd never keep going. But like the stuff like that and, and yeah, just knowing what you're getting into. And then as you scale up, there's a couple of key things to know as you get a little bit better stop trying to do everything yourself. Stop being that person who does 18 hour days. And I'm literally flicking back to look at the article now. And one of it is if you have money to solve the problem, you don't have a problem. And someone told me that and I was like, I kind of thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's very true. I could just outsource more of the business. And that's what I did. I, I hired someone in and and then like, as it got better, I put in better systems. And, and as soon as you do that, it's suddenly like a light switch going off. You suddenly realize that all the stuff you're carrying around on your back, you're only, you're only fooling yourself and only making yourself indispensable. And it's, it's the biggest problem I see with all small entrepreneurs is that we all hold on too long. We all just try to do everything ourselves. Cause, oh, look, I'll just do it myself quicker. You know, there's so many times I've heard that from entrepreneurs going, oh, look, I, sh I couldn't hire someone to do what I do. Sure, I know X, Y, Z. That's such an ego fault as well. That's like, you know, you're just, it's a weird, it's a really strange form of laziness because you don't have the intelligence to sit down and go, I need systems, I need processes, and I need people who will work with me who are brilliant. And as soon as you do that, you suddenly go up 10 levels, not one. You suddenly go up 10 levels. Yeah, I think what it comes down to more than anything, and this is kind of, this is relevant for both entrepreneurs and employees, members of the, the rat race, the nine to five. It's being able to compartmentalize and not attach yourself to your business or your role or what position you're in. And being able, it, it's more than anything, I would say, it's just critical thinking and it's just emotional intelligence. And for some people, you learn it the hard way. You might learn it from failing in business. You might learn from not being successful in a job. But I think it's so important, especially at the moment now, you've got everyone, you've got a lot of people starting businesses. You've got a lot of people working from home. You need to just kind of give yourself a break and, and step back like you touched there. If there's things you can automate, if there's things you can take off your plate, you'll have a much more concise view of, how you, you're going to progress from there. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, I suppose, Gary, a little bit about the complexities of entrepreneurship and, and when you're starting a business and and viewing, I suppose, how to take the next step. So let's look at Host Butlers, your current business. When you come up with an idea like Host Butlers, what is your process like from taking your idea from paper to market? Do you have a, a particular framework that you use now that you've started other businesses to to help expedite the process of, of creating a new one? Yeah, I, I've thought about that a lot, actually, um, because it, it's, it's, it's a tricky process and it comes down to one thing, just get going. 
So just just do something on it. Stop talking about it. Stop telling your mom about it. Stop telling your mates about it. No one wants to hear your stupid ideas. Put it to market. And that's the quickest. And that's what I did with Hostballers. Built a website on Squarespace, launched it to market the week, a couple of weeks before the Web Summit, back in the glory days, the Web Summit, when it was riding high in, in Balls Bridge, people were making crazy cash from Airbnb. It was kind of when Airbnb was just starting off and it was only kind of like the the early adopters were coming in and the web summit would would sell out every hotel room in, in dublin like 10 times over so everyone's doing airbnb and i was like do you know what that'd be a great little test because there's bound to be loads of first time airbnb hosts around that time and then once they get this sweet taste of that cash they might want to keep going but they don't want to do it themselves so i was like do you know what i'll put a website together i'll do some targeted facebook ads around the Ballsbridge area and i'll see what i get and I got my first client from that, Barry. I was, he actually, he was, he messaged me today as well. It's funny, everything goes full circle. He messaged me today, just checking in. And from that, I got my first client. And I remember like, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Didn't have a notion because it was just an idea. So I just put it to market, tested it. I was doing it then at the weekend. So I got like Barry and then I got a couple of more clients and a couple of more. Ended up getting three or four clients pretty quickly very small money like we're only taking in you know a couple hundred euro every week um but it was enough to kind of go okay there's some demand here and then is there more demand and then did a little bit more advertising and did a few more things and then suddenly got my first big client and the day i got him i was like yeah this is an idea this is going to work i'm not going to be broke if i start this idea i now have enough money coming in to know I can pay a wage. Now I didn't pay myself for a year, but I can pay a wage if I had to. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do is that they talk about it and 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 talk themselves out of it. If you talk about something long enough, you'll find enough reasons not to do it. It's like anything. So just, just do something. And, and the age we live in now, we're so blessed. Like we could literally, th three of us could come up with a business right now, any business idea in it right now. Want a spare space? Put the site together. We can start in YouTube pre-roll ads in the morning, and off we go. And that'll test the market. Buy now button on the site. Oh, you want to buy now? Sorry, we're sold out right now. Take your put your email in, and we'll we'll ship it to you as soon as we have it. We get thirty emails. We're in business. Like <laughs> that sounds overly simple, but no one does it. Like not enough people do it because they're like, oh no, I I need to register a company and oh geez, I I need staff and oh sure, I'd need an office and I I need this and I need that. Like it's never been a better time to start a business. Yeah, very well put. And there's a saying I actually read it. I think I read it this morning in a book by Robin Sharma called uh, "The Saint, the Surfer, and the CEO." Can't remember what it is. It's like there's there's ninety million ways that you can fail. There's ninety million mistakes or reasons not to do it, but there's no excuses. I thought, I think that's just the best way, like, like you've just summed up there. Um, and I'm aware, Gary, we're, we're asking you some fairly deep questions here. So we're trying to, we're trying to, I suppose, keep it as informal as possible. Um, and I wanted to just ask you, I suppose, about one of the main reasons we're having you on, and that's the, the entrepreneur experiment. So that's, as of re recently, you know, you've been spending some time interviewing other entrepreneurs through your podcast. And it really is a fantastic podcast. I, I must say, we're going to be sure to link, uh, leave a link in our description across all of our channels, because I have learned so much from that podcast. You've got some fantastic people that you've had on, and uh, I've started to, to look at their journeys now. 
And we we've got some fairly similar goals with the Kickstart Garage. What it is is that you know we're trying to learn from the best here. We want to start conversations about investing, entrepreneurship, career development, personal finance, and, and I suppose really just provide the tools for the next generation and the current generation, and uh, and allow people to to build upon the the shoulders of giants. And what we'd love to know, Gary, to put a long story short, what were your biggest inspirations? behind deciding to start the entrepreneur experiment mm, biggest inspirations i don't think there was many to be honest i was just sick of american content if i'm very very honest i was just sick of listening to stuff i couldn't relate to at all so there wasn't really any inspirations there was stuff i enjoyed like we all love tim ferris we all love joe rogan um but I, they're more like entertainment for me. They're more like watching a Netflix series. Do you know what I mean? There's very few times that they kind of get to get to the nitty gritty of it. Tell me the nuts and bolts. What do I need to do on a Tuesday in Nace to get this working? You know, that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm just kind of fed up and there's not enough good Irish content. And I felt the business content that was out there in Ireland was very stale. It was very traditional media. The same people were rolled out every freaking week on, you know, News Talk, RTE, the same heads. And you're like, lads, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of unbelievable entrepreneurs in Ireland. Like, just go to a fresh source. Like, and I was just, I just felt it was a massive opportunity as well. I was like, right, well, no one's doing this. I just scratched my own itch. Again, cliche alert. I just scratched my own itch. I wanted to meet these people. I don't like traditional networking. I think it's horrible. Um, I just wanted to learn. I was like, right, I need to learn more. I'm, I'm, I'm in my business four or five years now. I need to be growing. I'm not growing. I'm just doing the same thing day in, day out. How can I do that? You know, no one wants to meet you for a coffee. No one wants to meet a random guy on a Wednesday afternoon for a coffee. God knows what he's going to ask me and what he's going to say. He's probably going to want to ask me for something, money or something I can't give him. Whereas with the podcast, it's the perfect vehicle to do all those things I just said, to learn to network and also promote other people because like there's not enough of that been done. Like the, a lot of it is, is very stale, very like the same heads. Yeah, we get it, lads. We get it. Dragon's Den. Yeah, we get it. There's more like, so those reasons, so they're not really inspirations. They're more kind of anti-inspirations, I suppose. Yeah. Well said. And I think you're dead right. I suppose in terms of all types of content creation, Ireland is just so slow to adopt. Like you, you mentioned, like there's so much American content out there, a lot of books, a lot of YouTubers, tons of content over in the States. And it's really refreshing for you to start sharing the podcast. And, and like you said, you, you touched on it earlier with YouTube because there's so, so much potential there. Um, something that you always talk about in your podcast, Gary, and it's about like habits, daily routine, what do you do every morning and that kind of thing and uh, i know you, you're a really busy man you know with everything you've got going on i think you, you posted recently about hiring a, an, an intern to help you with with the content creation side of things and so one thing I, I wanted to talk to you about is your time you know we're all restricted by the same 24 hours and every entrepreneur every person knows that time is critical especially when you're starting up and you have to wear many hats we, we had charlie gleason on there last week and he was talking about when he started his business when he founded zip mobility he was the CEO, he was the PA, he was the partners, he was everything. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you allocate your time throughout the day in relation to various businesses and how do you ensure that, you know, you're staying productive more than anything? Yeah, I'm an absolute productivity nerd. Uh, 
I'm just obsessed by it because probably for that reason, because I've kind of done all the bad things. I've done all the, the time wasting and I, I hate wasting time. It's probably my biggest fear and pet peeve is to be wasting time. Cause like, it's literally the only thing we get and like, it just bugs me. It just really is like the worst thing. It's just time wasting. I just can't stand it. I hate people that waste my time and I hate people that just, just waste their own time. Um, so how I do it, I, I suppose just being quite structured, um, entrepreneurs have this kind of like external, like image of like being kind of like, you know, very laissez-faire, very artistic, very artsy fartsy. When in reality you're at the pin of your collar because you need to get so much done. How I do it, I'll, I'll kind of run through it really fast, but it, the most important thing is to focus on what's important is to, is to focus on what's moving the needle for you that day. And I think that's the biggest mistake I've made in the past is focusing on the wrong things, you know, majoring in the micro, I think is what they say, and just getting lost in the weeds. I think just for any entrepreneur, just to avoid that, ask yourself every single day, what I'm doing now, is this the most important thing I should be doing? And often we do it just out of like, we don't want to tackle that horrible problem, but we know that finishing off all the stuff that your accountant is asking for you will not only leave stress, alleviate stress, but it'll help your mental health as well. And that's why I kind of just uh, quite militant about my time and my day. So I kind of do have a lot of habits I'll do every single day. And I'll always, and it's something I've started doing again, I, I'd fallen out of the habit of it. I just shared on the pod monday is that I'll, I'll just in the morning I'll, I'll get out my journal or notebook and i'll just write today will be a success if and i list three things one major thing that really is important for either whatever i'm working on at the minute whether it's the relaunch of the podcast or it's the relaunch of a new business or it's something to do with host butlers or it's something that really is important in terms of earning money and just the realities of life and then I'll have two things that are quite easy to do. And they're just there as, as little kickers. They're just there just to kind of kick me along the journey of momentum to like, there'll be simple things. Might even something stupid as going to the post office, something as simple that you just tick it off and you go, okay, we're off, we're off and running now. So I'll always try to do the hardest thing first. I'll do the, like 90 minutes of like deep work. So to run through really fast, get up very early, walk, exercise, and then have a coffee, read something then do 90 minutes of deep work and it changes now because like we're all in lockdown. So like <laughs> my life now is so different to what it was even this day last year, do you know? So it's, it's, but it took me a long time, I think to accept that and to evolve into it. Whereas now I've kind of embraced it. And now I'm like, okay, I'm more flexible and I can, I can do different things. So my, my, my day to day is very, very different now. If there's specific questions around like a day schedule far away, yeah, I mean, focus and consistency is key. And um, the journaling does add those little dopamine effects as well when you kind of tick off the little, uh, the easy task too and stuff like that. So it is to, it's good to get it down on paper to know what you're doing. Um, so I kind of just want to pivot here again into um, talking about the technicals of the podcast because people listening, they might be operating in different industries or different niches and they might be looking to start a podcast in in their own niche so we had another podcast host on his name's robert leonard um he's the host of millennial investing and real estate investing um i'm not too sure if you're familiar with him but um his he, he I, I think here is seeing him on your podcast i think that's where i heard about him yeah first. he operates under the investors podcast network which is um much larger than what his podcast would be um i think they're huge i think they're the biggest investor podcast i mean we're in 35 million downloads um but uh, we were asking him for advice on 
how to start a podcast. So I thought I'd shoot some spitfire questions at you because I know we're coming up to an hour here. Um, so um, this is just regardless of what niche uh, the person may be in. So um, how do you go about finding great guests? Constantly is the answer. Constant. Do, do, do be constantly looking. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to do my season between like January and Feb. And then you start January 1st and then you're scrambling. You're like, oh, oh, who can I get? Who can I get? Who can I get? I'm constantly like every day when I'm looking at like social media, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're on the come up. And then I ask a lot of people. So I monitor like social media, the papers on a Sunday, look to your Sunday Times business section, look to the business post, look who's coming on the come up, who's doing something interesting. And the most common way is is recommendations. I ask every guest going, right, interesting people, no interesting people. Who do you think would be a great guest for the podcast? Because it works on a couple of different levels because no one wants to recommend a bad one. You know, no one wants to be associated with a really bad guest. And <laughs> you know, interesting people do know interesting people. So especially with entrepreneurs, you know, you kind of run in the same packs. You're like, right, who, who do you think I should talk to? And can you intro me to them? I'm giving you away all my secrets here, lads. You're probably not even going to put this live. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get an intro me to them. And I'm like, okay, can you intro me to someone? And they're like, okay. And I, and I'm, they'll be like, oh, what kind of guest? And I'll be more specific. Then I'll say, oh, I want X, Y, Z, you know, um, and so just be at it constantly, just be like looking in the broad scheme of things and know who you want. That's the biggest thing. Like, you know, I have a very clear image of who I want on the podcast. I talked about it earlier, you know, real entrepreneurs, not smoking mirror entrepreneurs and not someone who's just on the circuit, not someone who's just like plugging a book. You know, I'm not the late, late. I'm not there to plug a book, a song, a movie, you know, whatever it is. Someone who's genuinely interested in sharing their story and someone who, who, preferably hasn't shared too much of their story before. I love when I get someone on and they're like, I've never done a podcast before. I've never done anything like this before. Bingo. I love that because it's so fresh and they tell it in such an honest way. And you find most entrepreneurs are honest anyway. So that that's what I would do. And when it comes to the production process, where do you spend most of your time is researching, recording, editing? Oh, good question. Probably. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Probably researching, I suppose. I, I think I think it's um, yeah. I, d- I don't over prepare to be honest. I I know who I'm having on. I know the conversation I want to have with them. I I want them to tell their story. I don't get them to prepare to be honest. I don't send them a big list of questions because I'm I'm like, look, this is going to be like we're having a coffee or a pint. If you can reimagine those times, we're just going to sit down and have a chat. And I find that just works the best. Kind of like what you guys do here. It's a lovely style. It's lovely and relaxed. It's nice and easy. I'm not like going, oh my God, question 10 is going to be about finance. Oh, what, am I, what should I say about that? And I often you get the best and most organic. So to be honest, lads, I, I don't over prepare. I don't over research. I research thoroughly the guest in terms of are they the kind of right kind of person for me? I'll have a, have a call with them and we'll have a chat and you know, if that's great, on we go, we'll move on to the pod. But it's it's pretty lightweight. Cumulatively, it's a lot in terms of, you know, yourselves. There's a lot of over and back and there's a lot of kind of like setting things up. And But it's it's probably, oh, I suppose it's even across all three, if I'm very honest. I try, I try not to overstress on either, on any aspect. I find recording is the best. That's the bit I love the most because that's the, 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 the best part, like doing this with you guys. That's where the magic happens. Um, so uh, what do you believe should be the main objective of a podcast for someone starting? 
oh, that's very broad. Um, what should be the main objective? Well, what do they want from it? Like, what's why are they doing it? That's the biggest thing. Ask yourself, why are you doing a podcast? Like I, I outlined earlier, why I do mine. Um, you have to have a reason. You can't just be doing it because I want to do a podcast. It has to be like, you'll never sustain it. You'll do four or five episodes and be like, oh, I haven't got 10,000 downloads. I haven't got a million downloads. I couldn't be bothered. Um, especially if you're not into it, don't pick something you're not into. Like just don't, don't pick finance because you know it's sexy and it makes a lot of money if you're absolutely useless um, have no interest in it. Like, so you have to know what you want. I, I, I suppose there's no real answer to that because it has to be each person. They have to know what, what their, their objective for the podcast is. Is it to reach a very micro niche of community that they're absolutely passionate about? Or is it to learn? Is it to network? What is it? I think that's the answer. I suppose it was a bit of a trick question, but you gave the right answer. I mean, start with why, you know, um, and just finally, just on this little bit of podcast fire, fire question round, um, is there any parting advice you could uh, offer to somebody who is looking to get started on podcasts? My, my old cliched advice I give to every entrepreneur and everyone that asked me just start, just, just get going, you know, stop thinking about it. It's a lovely medium to do. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, just don't don't overthink it it's like the business just start sketch out your first season you know do seasons as well because god i nearly burnt myself out just doing them every single week with with, with no kind of end point do do just set your bar low going you know what i'll do season one it'll be six episodes they'll only be 20 minutes long look how hard can it be and and, and go from there set yourself a low a low expectation and just go into it that you're not crucifying yourself trying to do it every week make it realistic you know what i mean don't say oh, i'm going to podcast every day for a year you know make it easy and make it, especially when you're starting because at the start you'll feel awkward and you'll be stumbling and mumbling your tongue will feel like it's 10 times bigger than it is so just be nice to yourself as you start off and just be realistic and don't be over don't be overly hard on yourself and, and pick something you want to do pick something you're excited about don't pick a topic you wouldn't have a chat with your mate about over a coffee or a pint or whatever it is you do pick something you can naturally talk about do not pick something you have to spend eight hours a week preparing and studying for because it'll burn you yeah it's it's like anything really i think you need to start not with the end in mind but with consistency in mind you don't want to start off doing a lot of episodes. You don't want to start off having committed to something, knowing that you're you're just going to burn yourself out. Um, I think me and Sam have been through that before. Like we started a podcast years ago, never really worked, and now we have much more of a strategy. We know what we're doing. We know how to be consistent with it. Um, listen, guy, we're coming up to an hour, so we only have a couple more questions for you. Really, something that you've your brand let's work away. There's no rush. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I you've mentioned it recently. Uh, you mentioned it on the podcast. I think one of the the idea labs. Um, that you're starting a new business around the entrepreneur experiment that you're planning to launch very soon, if if I'm not mistaken. Do you want to elaborate? Tell us a little bit more about that. So there's a couple of things I'm working on at the minute. So I'm working on a spin-off from Host Butlers, which we'll be launching later this year, again, depending on what happens with COVID, because God knows, um, I, I think we all thought, you know, come this year, come like March or something, we'd all be kind of like back to normal and we'd be flying again. We kind of thought the vaccine was going to be this magic, magic cure is going to turn up like an Amazon package and we'd all be fine. But that will launch at some stage this year. Um so that's still in the production stages we're under construction now it'll be in the hospitality space again 
um it's it's pre-launch yet so we can't really talk about it now but it's it's pre-launch we're under construction we've got the units under construction so that's exciting um it's kind of in that horrible stage now whereby it's kind of out of my hands at the minute we're just waiting for the units to be finished and then we'll we'll get going on that and then the pod we're kind of doing different things with the podcast like we're we're going to have a community aspect whereby you know we'll have a private community whereby people will be able to network because that's the biggest question i get is like oh you know i'd love to be able to like meet other listeners and, and chat to other people and just get advice and i think i kind of put it off for a long time and i couldn't figure out what i wanted it to be because i'm just hesitant to overcommit on something that i can't deliver a top class product like what i said to you there about the podcast when you're starting a podcast you know don't go into anything if you just think you can't deliver because you know, everyone's going to get burned. So we're just about to launch that. Actually, that's going to launch in the next couple of days. So it's an entrepreneur experiment community. Um, it's a yearly community. People can join. It's 49 euro for the year. And it'll be a very small action-based community. So it'll all be about action. So, you know, solving problems, you know, coming with a specific problem to the group, the group will help you solve that or coming with an offer you have or coming with something you need. It'll all be based on action and just, I think, there's a huge amount of isolation from talking to so many entrepreneurs has been such uh, it's an isolating process anyway being an entrepreneur is very 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 isolating and very lonely and you start to second guess yourself and i find when i talk to other entrepreneurs and i'm in a couple of small networking groups as well a couple of not mastermind groups it's a very awful title to put on anything but just just small groups of of, of entrepreneurs who we work together to help each other and um, the benefit i get from them is just massive like absolutely massive i do it with with four people every month and just it's huge it's such a game changer and i'd strongly encourage anyone to get together with, with a small group of of, of peers and, and do that because the accountability and just just that 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 feeling of of there's more people out there and that's what i want to do with the entrepreneur experiment the the pod as a whole but also just to create a community underneath that whereby people can directly connect to each other because the power of the community is far greater because a lot of people message me one-to-one -one and I'm like kind of helping them but not really like I know a, a lot about a little a little about a lot <laughs> you know whereas there's, there's just some of the people listening to the podcast blow my mind like their knowledge and their expertise is just mind-blowing so I want to just join the dots for everyone that's listening yeah and, and that's launching in the next couple of days did you say literally yeah I'll be launched for the end of the month probably for my birthday next week I might do it on February 3rd I might do it just as a as a as a little present to myself good stuff we'll, we'll make sure to give that a share and, and for anyone listening who hasn't heard of gary who hasn't listened to the entrepreneur experiment he's largely i mean part of the inspiration for us starting this the the actual quality and volume of incredible guests that are on it are absolutely incredible so i think i speak for both myself and sam when i say we'll definitely both be joining that group very excited to see how that turns out um another thing gary that you always ask your guests and i feel like it's only right that we ask you um you know i know you, you asked them you know what their favorite book is something around reading a, a recent book that they've read and so i wanted to ask you now i've heard a couple of your favorite books so i might already know the answer myself but for the people listening are there any deadly books that you've read that have really shaped your mindset and contributed to you achieving success as an entrepreneur mm, yeah i ask people every week because i'm such a reading nerd that i'm always trying to find great books and i had a chat with james mccormick a friend of mine about this today and we're just talking about like he's a big reader as well and the right book at the right time and that's only something i've learned in the last two years maybe only even only the last year i used to be a volume i used to be like i'm going to do a book a week and i generally would read a book a week anyway i'm just I'm, i read a lot i read it before bed and i read first thing in the morning um but I would burn through books. 
I would just devour them. And then if you ask me a month later, what was the key takeaway in that? I'm like, um, it was a good story, you know, but I couldn't, you know, it was kind of like the American podcast. I was just burning through them and, and just on a surface level and not actually taking them in to answer your question. I think you probably know the answer in the, in the, in the last kind of 12 months, 24 months, Atomic Habits has been the book that's had the biggest impact on me. Um, probably because I was in the space of just wanting to really put a structure around my life and around my day to try and maximize myself to just to be a bit better. I have this thing about just 1%, 1% every single day, just do a little bit better. We all have these mad notions. Oh, I'm going to run every day and going to go to the gym every single day and going to eat clean every single day. And we have these mad, crazy plans. We just, to just setting yourself up to fail. And it was when I read Atomic Habits, I was like, yeah, we're, we're all just, we're all just animals, really. We're all just, we need to play into our own worst impulses and know what they are, know how you can kind of like get around them. And like the power of habit as well by, by Duhigg is, is immense. Like just knowing like we're creatures of habit behind it all. Even as entrepreneurs, we, you know, we want freedom and we want this, but discipline and habit is, is, is structured in everything we do. So the Atomic Habits by James Clear, that's kind of like, if you really want to get into the productivity and be the, your best self. And then in terms of just an entrepreneur story that really shaped and can open my mind to like entre business, being in business isn't boring was Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson, his very first autobiography. I've read that, I'd say six, seven times at this stage, just an unbelievable story. Uh, he's a bit cheesy at times, a bit of it's like, oh, a bit more, but it's just a great story. It's just a very, and back then it's, oh God, it's, oh, show my age, it's probably 15 years old, I'd say at this stage. Um, it might even be older, but just, just that authentic story. And he was kind of, I think he was the king of that before even we knew what authentic storytelling was in business. And that, that, that's just a phenomenal read. And he's done, he's done, um, like updated versions and stuff like that. But I, for two books, they would be the two I would read. Great stuff too. Fantastic choice as well. Guy, we're just over an hour there and we could generally, we, we have a ton of questions we could still ask you and hopefully we can have you on at, a, at another stage in the future. But um, we're we're just over an hour. Like I say, one last question, completely off topic, but I, I'd have to ask you, I know you're a Man United fan and so we couldn't let you go without asking you, where where do you think United will finish this season and what are your plans for when we win the league? We're going to win the league. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am convinced because the world is so messed up that we're going to win the league. I think just everything up is down, left is right. And to say that as a Man United fan who's supported them through the good times and now the extremely bad times of the last couple of years, we're going to win the league because I just think everything is so strange right now. <laughs> you literally couldn't tell me something that would shock me anymore. Cause I'm like, eh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yep. That's fine. Yeah. We're all going to be confined to our houses for a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, are going to win the league and what am I going to do? God, I don't know. Who knows when that'll be. I'm just, I'm just fearful. They're going to postpone it. I just, as long as the league isn't postponed, I will be happy. I just need the United matches to look forward to after we finish up here, I'm going to go watch United Sheffield United. And I just love that to have that in your week, just to, to bookend your week. So yeah, the belief is back. But three months ago, I was in a state of absolute depression. If you scroll back to my Twitter feed, it'll be very apparent <laughs> by my irate tweets. But um, yeah, no, I think we're going to, we're going to do it. 
<laughs> okay with that last question you know we've definitely actually run out of questions so <laughs> we'll wrap it up there gary it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and we wish you all the best and uh, the best and success with all your endeavors uh, but before you go could you tell our audience where they can go to find out more about you and what you're doing yeah absolutely and listen thank you so much for having me on lads it's brilliant and it was it was an actual joy to come on it was a real pleasure to chat to you you've, you've lovely style where they can go and hear about us well you can go to mrgaryfox.com mrgaryfox.com um, and that'll bring you everywhere really that'll get you to the podcast um, and then across all social channels it's all the same it's mrgaryfox on instagram twitter linkedin youtube wherever i'm kind of omnipresent on all of those channels if you just search if you just search me i've put out enough content now you'll eventually hit upon the right one brilliant fantastic thanks again gary and everyone listening we'll catch you in the next episode Thanks for listening to the Kickstart Garage. This show is for entertainment purposes only. This show is for entertainment purposes only. No one on the show has provided investment advice. The information provided by the Kickstart Garage podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The opinions and views expressed on the Kickstart Garage podcast or those of the participants do not reflect those of the host or sponsors. The Kickstart Garage, its producers, sponsors, hosts and guests shall not be liable for losses resulting from the investment decisions based upon the opinions or viewpoints presented on the Kickstart Garage.